What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time. I am your host, Nikki, and time is a gift we should not waste, so let's get right into it. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you once again with thanksgiving on my heart, thanking you for another day of mercy, another day that was not promised to us. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for sending your Son to die so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, dear Lord, for your kind, tender-hearted, enduring love. Lord, there are no words to express how thankful I am. And dear Lord, I pray for our young people. I pray for our parents. I pray for our fathers. I pray for the leadership in this world. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that we will unify as a people, as a human race. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I do not have a PhD. I am not licensed to counsel. I am not a preacher. So you say, Nikki, why should anyone listen to what you have to say? Well, I simply obey God's word. And on this podcast, I get to stroke my ego by edifying God only. And guys, I have been talking about church is not the answer. And I've been talking about the church, who are the true children of God. And like I said before, at first I was struggling trying to find different topics to speak on because on my podcast I don't want to give you a bunch of opinions I don't want to talk about those things that's in the media Uh, I hear about things and sometimes I want to discuss uh, those things on my podcast but I'm not trying to uh, give you all my opinion I want everyone to know that through all of this and what all of the things that we see every day, that God is real, that God still is in control. That's what I want us to understand. And church is not the answer. The church, who are the true children of God, who will inherit the kingdom, and uh, I, I posed a couple of questions. Is it those who attend worship service faithfully? Is it the worshipers who sing just from a hymn book and sit quietly and just praise the Lord? Is it a church that believes that baptism is uh, a part of the plan of salvation? Uh, is it the church that takes communion every Sunday? Uh is the church who prays five times a day? Is it the church who meets on Saturday? Is it those who follow Elijah Muhammad? Is it those who practice Buddhism? Is it the church that does not allow women to preach? <clears throat> and once again, I want people to, because I may have new listeners, I want, I want you to hear the definition of a denomination. 
A denomination is a branch of subgroup within Christianity that has a distinct name, organizational structure, and a set of core doctrines. Denominations may differ in their interpretations of minor issues on how churches should be run, but for the most part, they agree on essential matters of doctrine about Christ and salvation. Now, the first thing that you look at it says it is a branch or subgroup within Christianity. Jesus Christ said that him and the Father are one. And we he wants to be in us as the Father is in him. So how do we have these uh, organi- organizational structures with set core doctrines? There's one doctrine. So that alone is a fallacy that we can create these different uh, churches, so to speak. Because I I don't call the church that building. I don't I don't say that building that we go to on Saturday or Sunday or whenever we choose to worship. I call that worship. I call that organized worship service. And and, and I'm saying these things and I'm talking about church is not the answer. And I don't want people to be confused about me saying you don't have to go to worship service. You don't. But you need to worship. You need to go to worship service. You were supposed to have preachers preaching the gospel. In a, in a setting where uh, a congregation meets. I'm not saying, you know, that. What I mean by church is not the answer. I mean, what is it when we come, what are we when we come out of that, that worship service? Because I spoke a little bit on that last week. What, how are we, how do we, uh, carry ourselves when we walk out of worship service on Sunday or Saturday. When we go to work uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and sometimes Saturday, what are we doing? You know, how are we conducting ourselves? How do people perceive us? Because I want to go back to... uh, First Chronicles chapter 5 and starting at verse number 11. I want to read that to you all again because I want us to understand what I mean for real when I say church is not the answer. Because I want us to I want us to see, you know. Because it doesn't matter what we think. You know, we may believe that we're right, but it doesn't make us right. Oh, no, I gave the wrong scripture. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And verse number 11. Okay, let's look at this. 
and 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 I stopped. I, I I looked at this and looked at this, and and it says, and it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were who who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. Let me read that again. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their division. So sanctified means, I remember when I was little and people would, you know, say the word sanctified. Uh, it was, it was, you know, they went by appearance. Sanctified just means set apart. Sanctified just means that I'm not a, a people pleaser, basically. And that's kind of what I want to, you know, get into today. You know, we're not supposed to be people pleasers. We're supposed to be pleasing God with our actions, with uh, the way we move in life. We, we, you want to please God. You don't, because for one thing, if you think about it, you never please people. Think about most of our disagreements or most of the battles that we have amongst one another. It's just simply because, you know, you're not doing what somebody wants you to do. God is complex, but he's simple. God just simply wants our devotion and allegiance. He's not asking for one thing and then saying, no, but I also want you to give me this. See, when you give a person, when you give man a, 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 an inch, he takes a mile. You know, a person, people might say, you talk too much. And then when you stop talking, they'll come to you and say, well, why are you not talking today? Why are you so quiet? Uh, they, uh, people may say, uh, you always in the midst of something. And then when you stay out of the way, I haven't been seeing you. You haven't been around. You, What you hiding? So... How do you please, why do you want to please people? Because they're never satisfied. God is satisfied with our allegiance, our devotion, our obedience. So when I'm talking about church, it's not the answer. I'm talking about us. What's in me? What am I like when... I come out of that building on Sunday. What do people see? You know, what what can what will people say about you when you walk away from a situation? What will they truly say? Will they say, "Oh, she was this or he was that," or or are they gonna say, "Ooh, she claimed to be a Christian, but she does this. He claims to be a Christian, but..." Uh, he, he complained too much. She complained too much. Uh, she claimed to be a Christian, but she's always gossiping. Um, she claims to be a Christian, but um, she's uh, 
always uh, bragging about what she has. She claims to be a Christian, but she's always taking credit for something. Or he's always taking credit for something. Those things are what separates us from God. See, we look at the, I've never killed nobody. We look at things like that. I've never killed nobody or um, things like that. But when you come home, what's more important? Is it your 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 acknowledgement of God or do you jump right, right in front of your television and turn on your favorite TV show? Do you rather, would you rather pick up a self-help book than the book? So when I'm talking about church is not the answer, I'm talking about us. Jesus did not deal with a building. He dealt with his, his followers. He was, he was dealing with uh, changing their hearts and their minds. So when I'm talking about church is not the answer, I'm not telling you to not attend worship service because worship service is very important because he said in the Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the assembly of others that some are in the habit of doing. So we know that it's important. So last week I kind of hit it on um and talked about the most the, the most important thing that we deal with on a day-to-day basis who is going to heaven what church because we have so many debates you know that I, I attend I, I belong to the Church of Christ and the churches of Christ say they are the right church. And I, I, like I, and I tell this story over and over again, I struggled with hearing that, you know, after my grandmother died, because I was like, what makes us the right church? What makes us the right church? So, because are we out there in the forefront? And I, I, I made the mistake of thinking, that we were supposed to be out here doing stuff like uh, helping. We're supposed to help the needy, but it's more or less spreading the gospel. If we say we have the truth, we must we must spread it to the world. You know we we you know we tell ourselves that we must stay away from. Those who belong to other denominations, you know, don't don't associate with them. And and I struggle with that because we need to tell people the truth. If we have the truth and we are the right church, we must tell everyone the truth. The gospel must be spread amongst the, all nations. So we can't sit back and say, I don't I can't associate with you because you you belong to the Baptist or you no I can talk to you I can communicate with you I can tell you the truth I'm supposed to tell you the truth now whether you listen 
That's the other thing that I, I came to realize this week. Whether you listen or not, it's not on me. Because you're not disobeying me. Everything that I say on this podcast, you're not. If you say, hey, she talking crazy. I don't believe nothing she says. That's okay. Because on this podcast, I'm going to prove to you through scripture. What does God want from us? God simply wants obedience. Because if you look at Moses in the Old Testament, he did not get to see the promised land. And why was that? And why was that? Let's talk about that. Let's look at that. In Exodus 17, it said, Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it that you have brought us out of Egypt to kill us and, and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What should I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Hebron. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Mansa and Merbrah because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? So, so that was one of the things that I mentioned. Look at it. Those were, those were the people that, that God heard their cry in Egypt. See, that's why I say with, with people, why should we try to please people? Because they were in Egypt and they were crying out to the Lord. The Lord heard their cry because they were enslaved and they were being mistreated. And then when they, when he pulls them out of Egypt, now they're tempting him. Now they're contending with his servant saying, why have you brought us out of Egypt to kill us? Basically, you should have left us alone. But you cried out. You cried out. So when you talk about the people, the right church, think about what we do on a, on a regular basis. No matter what, we are complaining. But look at what God did. He said, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Hebron, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it. 
So you're complaining. And God said, okay, I'll give them some water. That's that's long-suffering. Because how is it that I get you away from a people who wanted to, who mistreated you, who 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 kept you under hard in hard under harsh uh, circumstances, and I bring you out of that to 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 um, give you a better life and and take you to the land that I promised to your forefathers, and all you can do is say we're thirsty and I'm mad. And I'm and I don't understand why you brought me out of Egypt to to make me thirst. Not realizing that you were in that wilderness so long and you were you were thirsting so long. You were in the wilderness so long you became thirsty because you didn't stop complaining. Let me let me let me show you. See, like I said, I don't want to give you my opinion. Okay, they just crossed the Red Sea in chapter 14 of Exodus. 15, they're singing this hallelujah song because everything is good. They've been taken away from the uh, Egyptians and, and, and God struck down the Egyptians in, in the Red Sea. And uh, now, they're, they're singing this great song in chapter 15. And now let's get to 16. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the sec of the second month after the after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Now, like I said, mind you, in chapter 15, go read it for yourself. They, they're singing this great, awesome song about how happy they are that they've been taken away, taken out of Egypt. And not long after they sing this great song, you get to chapter 16. And they're complaining because, let's see why they're complaining. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the, hand, in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the, pot, the, the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So, you go from, don't we do that today? We go from God has blessed me when everything seems like it's going our way. God has blessed me. God is good. We we hit a bump in the road and it's like this not right. Uh, I'm sick of this and uh, we start to make hasty decisions. We we. We start saying, I can think for myself. Now, now I'm talking about going to heaven. And I'm just, I'm, I'm painting the picture for you first. That's what I'm doing. I'm giving you Moses and how he was leading these people. He was serving the Lord. 
and and on two occasions already after they're coming out of the land of of Egypt and notice that he was that it kept saying that they were going into the wilderness of sin our wilderness is when we sit back and we don't trust God and we decide everything for ourselves when we become self-righteous when we become uh when we start to believe we can do everything by ourselves. That's the wilderness of sin. That's why we keep going around in the circle. Because we think our way works. When God says turn the other cheek, we say, no, nah, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight this way. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm do it this way. When God says be angry but do not sin, we like, no, I'm angry and they finna feel my wrath. We got to think about that. So who is going to heaven? God is not talking about a name on on a building. He's not talking about a group of people that come together and say they believe this particular doctrine. He is talking about each individual human being working out their salvation with trembling. So, so let's get back to Moses. Now Moses was close with God. He had an he, he was close with God. Okay. He was so close with God that when 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 his sister and brother were, were starting to turn on him, God struck his sister with leprosy. Because they were, you're not contended. Like I say, I could say a whole bunch of things on this podcast. But I want you to remember this. Don't go say Nikki said. I want you to leave this podcast saying, what did the word of God, what does the word of God say about any situation in your life? Now I'm painting a picture for you about Moses. Now, Moses has already, I've given you two examples of they're hungry and they're thirsty. And they contend with Moses and Aaron. And they're upset because they feel like you brought us out of this land to to kill us. Because we're not, they're not trusting in the Lord. They're not trusting in the Lord. Because your enemy looks like they, they okay, we were around uh, pots of meat and we, we ate bread to the full. But you were eating food of the enemy and they were mistreating you. And you had no peace because if you had peace, you would, the Lord wouldn't have said, I heard, my, I heard my children's cry. Moses wouldn't have never had to take you away from the Egyptians. So we must think about that. If we, if, if the church, what is the church? That's what, that's what I want people to understand. Like I said, and, and who's going to make it to heaven? Who does God choose? Who is God going to choose? Who are God's chosen people? Okay, now let's move along to Numbers chapter 20. Let's look at Numbers chapter 20. 
Because I'm painting a picture for you. Okay? The, then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zen in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now, there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Here we are again. Deja vu, right? And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of gain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother. Now pay close attention. You and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield the water. He said, Speak this time. Remember in Exodus now, he told him to strike the rock. He still also told him to take his rod. But this time he said, Speak. Speak. He says, speak. He says, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod. From before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock. So in his frustration, Moses struck the rock. And in that, it caused them not to see the promised land with, with, the, with the Israelites, with the other Israelites. But I, I painted that picture to show you. Now, did Moses make it to heaven? Well, in the transfiguration, he was there with Jesus. He was there with Elijah and Jesus when Jesus was transfigured. So... He made it to heaven, but he didn't get to see the promised land with them. God showed it to him, but he didn't get to cross over with them. Why? Because of his disobedience. So who is going to make it to heaven? Those who are obedient to God's word. God simply wants us to trust because the children of Israel, they're just like us today. How do we, 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 we can see God answering our prayers and doing what we need him to do and taking care of our needs. 
And yet and still we think we're deserving of more and we and we want to say what's good enough and what's not good enough for us. And then we go into complaining and talking about what should be better and all of that. So if you look at the above mentioned scriptures, you will see that in one Moses followed the Lord's instructions and one he did not. Like I just said, so who will go to heaven? And those who follow, it's those who follow the lead of the Lord. Where does God want to lead us? Well, in Psalm 16:11, it says this. Psalm 16 and 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So he wants us to have a good life. And a good life where God is first. A life where there is no confusion about what direction you are headed in. Because you are sober and alert. So what are you saying, Nikki? I'm saying we need to live a life where we're preparing ourselves. We need to live a life where we're prepared. Because when you're not prepared, you're going to hear, depart from me. I never knew you. Because we think it's a, we think we know what's enough. We think we know what's good enough. We owe a debt that we can never repay. Think about credit card debts and the debts that we have on the the worldly debts that we accumulate, and how some of them we'll never we'll never pay, we'll never repay. But this debt doesn't come with the consequences of you losing everything. This debt comes with opportunity, a bright future. And knowing where your where your what your future holds, so the debt that we can never repay is so much greater than the debts that we owe human uh, people today. The credit card debts that we owe, the IRS, and all of these different situations that we find ourselves in, and we get so distraught about them, and we have a, a pity party. But we, we owe a debt to Jesus Christ that we can never repay. But all he asks is be obedient. Do what my word says. And you will be saved. Because in Matthew 24, 5, it says, Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And will deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. 
but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So while we're, while we're standing around and we're preparing ourselves for different situations when they talk about nuclear wars and careers, uh, they're, 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 they're shooting uh, nuclear missiles. And when we talk about Russia invading the Ukraine, it's all bad and it's all sad. But he said, those of us who endure shall be saved. So it's not sitting back saying, I don't care what's going on in the Ukraine. It's about what can we do as God's people to make sure that people know that God has us. He's got the whole world in his hand. So how do we do that? How do we help? By letting people know that, yeah, there are wars, there are rumors of wars, people hate people, people uh, are lovers of money and lovers of themselves. Yes, all of these things are going on. Uh, different uh, devastations are happening, di- happening in different cities and countries. But those of us that endure shall be saved and endure doesn't mean you always try to save your life or because we can't save ourselves endure means don't don't get to the point where you start where is God in all this why does he why did he allow Russia to attack Ukraine uh, why did he allow um uh why does he allow North Korea to let off nuclear missile, missiles. Why is he constantly, why did he allow uh, America to go up into Afghanistan and, uh, and, and we're constantly losing that battle, but we're still over there. Why is God allowing this to happen? Where is God in all this? But he wants us to pray. He wants us to pray without ceasing. He wants us to live our best lives. That means get involved. That means spread the gospel. That means let Jesus live within you. That means you start taking care of your community. And then it spreads to other communities. And then you see the love of God and his joy. It's it's overtaking all of this evil. Because love will cover a multitude of sin. And it doesn't mean that your sins are going to be like, oh, uh, if I love you, your sins are, you know, that means your sins that you committed don't mean nothing. It means that when you see love, when you see joy, when you see pure happiness, it will, you want, we want to be that, that church. We want to be like Christ. We want people to glorify God. That's what this is about. Because ignorant people pick up a gun doesn't mean I got to pick up a gun. That's what the love of Christ would do. You show people that, hey, 
You picking up a gun. I'm not going to pick up a gun. I love you. I don't. I want you to know God. I want you to glorify God. So I don't walk around wanting people to glorify me. That's the church. That's the right church. That's the right church. Those who endure. Those who who, who can turn a positive into a negative. That can make lemonade out of lemons. But see, Moses didn't get to see the promised land. But it was because he was a he was he lost his way for a moment because you want to please the people. So you get frustrated when the people are still never pleased, never satisfied. And you're constantly trying to figure out what can I do to help these people. And instead of telling you, you should have left me in, in Egypt to die. And you and you start to think to yourself, well, maybe I should have. So guys, I hope that if you leave with anything today, I hope that you know and learn to glorify God. So guys, I thank you. Let's reprogram our thinking. Uh, I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. Let's recover the life that the devil tries to take from us each and every day. Let's live a godly lifestyle, guys. Godly lifestyle. You don't want to miss out on the blessings that God has for you. And the blessings that God has for you is not what you think, but it's the blessings that overflow. That you can't do nothing but share them because it's too much for you to have all to yourself. So what do those blessings look like? And remember, God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Peace.